This episode is brought to you by Great Waters Financial. My sense of knowing how incompetent I am in my flesh lets me connect with dads who feel incompetent. And I'm like, okay, but let's step out in bold faith and watch what will happen. Dr. Michelle Watson joins us on this episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. I'm Larry Gates. And I'm Armin Asadi. Hey, let's turn up that music again. <laughs> Larry's having a dance party. Oh, yeah, you know, there's something about that. I just, uh, I love a little bit of inspiration, a little inspiring music in the morning. That's huh? right. <laughs> get your day going, get your juices cranked, and... That's what we want to do here in the Bold Idea Podcast. I like that. Uh, we're just depending on the music at this point. Yeah, of course. We're totally inspired by <laughs> we're totally inspired by music without lyrics. But yeah, I think it's good to get pumped up a little bit. And I'm pumped up for our conversation today. I am too. I was dead set on being in this interview. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> well, listen, Armin, this is the first crossover guest we have on the program today. Wait, 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 what do you mean crossover? Well, we, we, this is our first reinventure me. Oh, guest that's re- that's now making it to the Bold Idea podcast. <laughs> so <right. laughs> we have with us in the studio Dr. Michelle Watson, and she is a national speaker and new author, professional counselor of over twenty years, and founder of the ABBA Project, which we talked about on the Reinventure Me show. But we got to dive into this again. That's right, because this lady is really cooking it up. This is a ministry to dads with daughters thirteen to thirty, and what a bold idea for her to get into the world of Mars. And <laughs> yeah, she's going to explain that a little bit in a minute. But she's the author of Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, A Guide for Connecting with Your Daughter's Heart. And she recently launched, this is another bold idea for her, a radio program in her hometown of Portland, Oregon called the Dad Whisperer. So now, oh, yeah, that's cool. I didn't it? know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind okay. of fun. So without any further delay, Michelle, welcome to our show. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Well, excited to have you back. <laughs> Yeah, the, the first guest to cross over, you know, exactly. my claim to fame. Your claim to fame. Now, yeah, you can, I'll take it. You can put that now on your resume and your bio. Totally. The first, <laughs> first one to be interviewed on both programs. Yeah. So, so that's great. Welcome to the show. Now, I imagine that most of our listeners right now will probably not have heard the Reinventure Me episode, which if you haven't, it's worth going back and listening to. But let's start from the ABBA project and what really okay. got you onto a different planet. And you're going to have to explain what that means, but let's just start with what is the ABBA project and how did it become a bold idea for you? Okay. Well, in December of 2009, I was reading in Luke one, like probably a lot of people do at Christmas time, reading about Jesus birth. And right before that, I was reading in verse 17 of Luke one, where God told Zechariah that his yet-to-be-born son, John, would help turn the hearts of fathers to their children. Mm -hmm. And as clear as I'm talking to you both right now, I literally heard God whisper to my spirit and say, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. And Mm. I'm like, uh, what? what? Uh Fathers? uh, Never had been on my radar at all. Now, up until this point, you were doing what? Talk about... What mm-hmm. where, what was counselor. Michelle working on? Yep, a professional counselor at that point, a lead worship leader at a very large church in Portland, Oregon, wow. and really music, youth, mm-hmm. counseling were my passion areas, and not 
ministry, mm-hmm. quote unquote, to men. Mm-hmm. And so it really caught me off guard. But do you guys know what I'm talking about when you know it's God's spirit because it doesn't leave you? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, it's like you think it's a thought, a bold mm-hmm. idea, mm-hmm. but when it's really of the spirit, it doesn't leave. So two right. days later, random detail as a Venusian on my, yeah, my okay, planet you're gonna have to Venus, explain. <laughs> right? Explain I'm from Venus, Venus yep. you're from Mars. Mm-hmm. So on my planet, there's always too many details. A lot of men are get to the point already. But I'm like, this is important to me. So two days later, I'm blow drying my hair and I literally heard the name, the Abba Project whispered. And I'm, huh? So Abba means daddy in Aramaic and men love a project. Mm. So the idea began to just continue to come the rest of that month that I wanted to start a group forum for dads with daughters ages 13 to 30 meeting with me once a month in my home counseling office. And I'm thinking, who's going to do this? But okay, God, you gave me this idea. Let's see if it's going to roll. So I wrote emails to dads at that point in January of 10, seven years ago, and said, would you want to join me, dads, once a month for this year to see if there's a change in you, your daughter, or your relationship? Wow. 10 of the 11 said, yeah, we'll do it. (laughs) And I've had more people say, men don't add more. Mm-hmm. to an already full plate. Mm-hmm. Which tells you they were confused about something you wanted help with, right? <laughs> Absolutely. There was a pain point, mm-hmm. a confusion point. They're mm-hmm. saying, we want help. And you're a girl. Mm-hmm. You must know something we don't know. And I found in my seven years of traveling to Mars, even going to men's conferences, is, okay, between you guys and me, can I say this? But I think some men haven't quite known what to do with me. <laughs> like they're really off put at first. Yeah. Really, I felt it. Oh yeah. Like you're not. You, why are you blasting into our tribe? You know. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Get this off is a, this is a guy's. Mars. This is yeah. This is Mars. <laughs> no <laughs> girls allowed. Right. We're gonna have an immigration ban. We're gonna we're gonna build a wall. And we're, we're gonna keep you out. You did not just say that. that rocks. <laughs> exactly. And I have felt it. But I can tell you honestly, as they have felt my alliance with them is they hear my heart. I really want to equip you. I want to equip you to be the hero you want to be and your daughter needs you to be. And they've gone, okay, we're good with that. And so I'm now leading my eighth group of men, all without marketing, and they keep coming. And I've asked them often, why do you guys keep coming? Hmm. You're busy, you're overcommitted. Consistently, they say, because we love our daughters. Yeah. You know, it occurs to me as we're just laughing about the immigration thing, but you know, you're you're not an immigrant to Mars as much as you are an ambassador to Mars. Well, right? I'll take it. Yeah, because uh, I mean, a lot of guys don't understand. And it, it's interesting to me that you chose 13 to 30 because it seems like somewhere around 13 is usually when the hormones start Bingo. to kick in. And Bingo. that's when that little girl that you yep. thought you had a pretty good handle on becomes something that you yes. have no idea what to do with. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm you're, so scared. You're exactly right, Larry. That's yeah. why I've started then is uh-huh. I've gone... A lot of dads go, you know what? You're a little more emotional and verbal than I know what to deal with yeah. or to handle. And oftentimes they will say to their wives, you're a girl. Here you go in. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, no, 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 no. Hmm. She needs you more than you may know she does mm-hmm. and more than she may know she does. Mm-hmm. And she needs you. And I've been actually making observations 
about Martians for the last seven years. In fact, uh, let me run the spy. We don't want to know about that. <laughs> oh, you I think this is going to get uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and we're supposed to ask you questions. Okay, so here's, All right, go ahead. here's my observation. All right, and, lay it on us. We're and ready. I mean, you're a dad of a little daughter. Yeah, but, we both you know, are. Yeah. You both are, yeah. Well, mine's not so little anymore, yeah. but you know, she's still before, before she's 30. So yeah, yeah, that's right. She's okay, in your so range. In the, in the range. But I have observed that men would rather do nothing than do it wrong. Totally. Oh. Agree or disagree? Men would rather do yeah. nothing than do it wrong. I, yeah, I had to process that, but yes, you're right. Is, Com- competence is really, really a high value for most men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and it, it just isn't just in parenting. Let me explain. I learned that about myself uh-huh. when Anna wanted to take ballroom dancing lessons. And you know, dancing is fundamentally not that difficult. When you break it down, it's left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. I mean, it's, you alternate your feet just like you walk. But somehow when you get on the dance floor, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I do two lefts and four rights. And it's like all of a sudden you feel like, I don't like this because I can't do it. Right. Yeah. And it's that competency thing. Absolutely. And so what I tell dads is, okay, that's my observation. But doing nothing is doing it wrong. Hmm. I'm going to help you do it right because one of the things that has surprised me in my seven years, again, of engaging with dads is they so want to get it right. Mm-hmm. They don't right. Ad- They don't maybe talk about it, but once they're trusting me to know where they're stuck or what their challenges are and then creating a group forum where they're a band of brothers and they've called me their token female <laughs> and I'm, okay, here I is. So, so you made it into the club. I made I. I do often feel like I have a free pass to a fraternity. I'm not kidding you. (laughs) Like they forget that they're talking with a woman in the room, which Uh honestly, I feel so honored with that kind of vulnerability and raw honesty because they're bringing their, oftentimes their emotions, Hmm. their questions. I've had times you guys were in a two hour and 15 minute group. I'm left with about 10 minutes is all to do my teaching because they're talking so much. How how much of that do you think, Michelle, is because you've been able, probably through your counseling practice and you've got your PhD, so you've got the credentials behind you to do this, but I wonder how much of it is because men that you're working with know that you're genuinely there to help them rather than to critique them. Mm -hmm. And maybe for many men in their lives, maybe even in their home situation, they feel like they're being critiqued as a dad. Yeah. And you're there to equip. Yes. Not to critique. Yes. In is, fact, one is that of my, a factor? absolutely, you nailed it. Okay. That at least based on feedback, they tell me, mm-hmm. and they can feel that I'm championing them. Yeah. You know, I think even you mentioned my new radio program, which I was given that name, the Dad Whisper, in <laughs> an interview with Chris Fabry, who said, "You know what you are," and I, I have since talked with men that said we wouldn't listen to you if you shouted at us. Oh, yeah. But because you whisper. Mm-hmm. We have a way of listening. You like, you get us, mm-hmm. which you guys, honestly, you talk about bold ideas. I'm 56 and never been married. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty I bold. I don't understand men <laughs> if you think about it from the context of marriage. Sure. So back to the thing of, I would have disqualified myself on doing leading men based on that. Mm-hmm. I would have disqualified myself on writing a book. I'm not an author. I would have disqualified myself as a radio host. Or raising a daughter. Or raising, like, I don't have the credentials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, again, my sense of knowing how incompetent I am in my flesh lets me connect with dads who feel incompetent often. And I'm like, 
okay, but let's step out in bold faith and watch what will happen when we put one foot in front of the other. And a friend of mine who's a seminary professor in Portland said, you're building men's competence, which is then building their confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it reminds me, you know, the Apostle Paul had written that God uses the weak things to shame the strong. And yeah. the whole point about our podcast here, and one of the reasons we wanted you on the program again was because of that, because your journey exemplifies trusting God, even though all the evidence to the mm-hmm. contrary in terms of your own credentials were not there to prop you up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, that's the ABBA Project, and you have a book that's come out. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I want to kind of get into this. What have you learned about yourself as a result of going through this journey to Mars yeah. <laughs> that you've yeah. taken. Well said. Well, to be honest, when I first started this thing, my stomach was in knots. I had anxiety that I didn't let show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a normal part of stepping out in bold faith. I think we're fooling ourselves if we think we're not going to have anxiety while we're trusting God with something way bigger than us. Right. right. But I've really learned that God loves those odds mm-hmm. because then he gets the glory because I'm so aware that I really can't do this without him. You know, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by God's spirit, says the Lord. I love that scripture in Zechariah 4, 6. Mm-hmm. Like God is saying, watch what I can do to multiply your five loaves and two fishes if you don't go out there and think you're the multiplier, mm-hmm. you're the healer. And I don't say that as Christianese. Honest truth, you guys, I'm so aware that I'm totally over my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm sitting there with a group of, I've had up to 14 men and me at a time, that is a lot of testosterone in a room. Mm-hmm. And I can literally feel that. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than I'm very aware that I'm, quote, the odd man out, odd yeah. woman out. But I've, I've learned now in le- coming up to eight groups, what I've learned about myself is I feel so honored that men would open up and trust me with their questions or fears or incompetencies. And I, I'm so aware the whole time that I am in a sacred space, mm. a holy ground space with them. And they grow leaps and bounds from beginning to end. I wish I had a video camera rolling while this is happening. And Oh, it must be fun to see the oh, change in them oh. as they go through the group. Let me bring it back to you, though, a second. I want to dive in a little bit deeper if I can. Yeah. So give me the before and after about Michelle Watson, like before the ABBA project started, what's some of the internal dialogue and how's that changed over time? Perhaps Mm -hmm. how have you thought or maybe discovered something about yourself that you didn't know that would not have been revealed if you hadn't taken this bold step? Mm -hmm. Well, it's back to that thing about we all have ideas of what our lives are going to look like. And I think marriage was one of those for Mm -hmm. me. Children was one of those for me. But women or teenage, teenage 20 something mentorship and That kind of thing was really my passion. Mm -hmm. And then here's this abrupt right turn to Mars. And what I've learned about myself is that God knows that I love a challenge of something that hasn't already been done. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to head into eating disorder stuff. I was an adjunct faculty member in a graduate department in my college. and, And I realized that there's other people already that can do that. And so God, knowing me better than I know myself, gave me an idea with no props. There wasn't any curriculum. 
This hadn't been done before. There wasn't another woman I could learn from. There's one other woman that I've now connected with, Dr. Meg Meeker, who's mm-hmm. written a book called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And this past year, she and I have collaborated. And she said, Michelle, I don't know any other women besides us who are doing this. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know. And I realize now that God knew me better than I did, mm-hmm. that I am loving having something that didn't already have a script And I've had to ask him and listen for the next thing to be able to roll out something that had merit and depth and substance for men. Yeah. Now, this is a great journey you've taken, but um, a lot of the times when we engage in these bold ideas that we have, they come out of our own wounding, right? Mm -hmm. So what might have been some wounds that you might have had that inspired your, your bold idea here? Yeah, I... I can, I just want to say first, I can so resonate with the fact that you even asked that question. That's a bold question <laughs> to ask a guest, is it not? Well, sure. Because it requires vulnerability. Right. But I really believe that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Like once someone takes their mask off, other people either say, I'll take mine off too, or I like you better. Right. Because you now are real to me. Yeah. Rather than either someone I've put on a pedestal or, right? We, we have a, weird culture that way and I get caught in it where I do that but but my wounding story is actually more of a grandfather wound mm. than a dad wound though I do have a lot of dad wounds in terms of having a father who was raised in Chicago he was in gangs on the south side wow. from the time he was 12 alcoholic father who died of gangrene homeless and mm. three different dads no parenting almost none. Mm, That's not an exaggeration. My dad pretty much raised himself and found surrogate dads of friends that taught him things. Mm -hmm. And so my dad had no template of how to be a father. And he played with us. He provided. He'll do anything for me. But that whole emotional depth, Mm. like we've even talked in the last couple of weeks about how my idea of being close and his idea of being close often are two different things. My Mm -hmm. dad was there. But really knowing me and knowing where I struggled, that just wasn't a thing hmm. back in the, when right. I was in my 20s. Yep. So there's some deficits there mm-hmm. in terms of emotional filling with my dad, but I've never doubted that my dad would be there, that he would come fix something, that he would you know, pursue time with me in terms of he loves traditions. So we have a perfume day every Christmas oh. where my dad takes me to Nordstrom and it's just the two of us, and he buys me whatever perfume I want and sits in the <laughs> Nordstrom department, and we get tons of pictures. And, you know, those things are really important. But the deeper wounding, Larry, has to do with my grandfather, mm. which is my mom's mom. Mm. And I have I have an extensive sexual abuse history wow. as a result of him. Mm. And uh-huh. sadly, I have plural abusers. Mm. And so I look back now and say, in that area of fathering, which has now actually grown legs of grandfathering, yes, where I'm now opening up that conversation on my radio program, and I've had men say, thank you for addressing grandparenting yeah. as a way to heal yeah. grandkids that may have a dad that isn't dialed in. Right. or, mm. And so I think we're in a culture that's opening up to generational Influence. Influence. Yeah. And, and so for me, that's really where so much of my deeper wounding has come, has been around the abuse with my grandfather, which mm. I did not realize, you guys, years ago, that I had projected that wounding onto God as a father. Sure. Oh, wow. Because it still had to do with father. Uh-huh. And unbeknownst to me, it really did some damage. And I can tell you, as God is mm. my witness, 
the this could almost literally I could say her come to tears. There you go. Um, <laughs> is about a year into the op project, I was asked to speak, mm-hmm. and it was on fathering. No, you guys, you can't see this, but the men are grabbing me Kleenex and splash your hearts. <laughs> but I was asked to speak on the ABBA project. And I was so, I'm like, yay, you're in. I'm going to talk about God as a father. And I, I've i never had a panic attack, but this is about as close as I could have gotten where I went. Oh, my word. I have never connected with God as a father. Yeah. Jesus in my counseling, my counselor would say, where's Jesus in that memory? Mm-hmm. And I used to believe that Jesus didn't show up to places like that. Mm, wow. I'll never forget seeing tears coming down Jesus' face holding my head saying, I'm going with you into the shadow of death. I'm not taking you out of it, but I'm with you in it. And he began to reveal truth into the lies that I had believed because the lies get embedded in the wounds. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was, again, this is grandfather and some others, not my dad, but deep woundedness Mm -hmm. in me is what I brought, you know, to the world. But having Jesus come in and reverse those lies by, by putting his truth in, brought so much healing. But again, going back to about six years ago, I went, I've never connected with God as a father. Hmm. I only connected with Jesus. How would I miss that memo? Here I'm a Bible school graduate. I'm a pastor's daughter. Hmm. I'm a minister myself in various contexts. And clear as a bell, I heard God say, remember when you were 23 and you were on your bed that night? And I knew which one he meant. And he said, you finally admitted you were angry at me. Mm. And I said, okay, go ahead, strike me dead, because my dad had taught me to believe that. If you get angry with God, he'll strike you dead. Because my dad has now told me, as a Catholic boy, he was told if he ever went into a Protestant church, God would strike him dead. Well, that got passed on. (laughs) And as, as dramatic as that might sound, I can tell you honestly, I laid in that bed and said, God, go ahead, strike me dead, but I can't hold back my anger at you. And he said, remember, this was six years ago. He said, remember that night? Did I strike? No. He said, were you, did you think I would strike you dead or Jesus? I said, no, I knew that was a big guy. He said, see, I was there. (laughs) And he took me back to two other memories. Do you remember this? Do you remember this? Who was that? And I'm like, that was you. (laughs) I did not know he was there. And what he revealed to me is that Jesus let me see his face. He showed me his face Mm. because I wasn't yet ready to know that God as a father had been there through my journey. And so in the last six years since the ABBA project started, God has done even more healing in me around the Trinity. And I am telling you, I have now so dialed into, I've got the three of them around me because they never do anything separate from each other. And it's a group of four. And it, I'm telling you, God has used the Abba Project to bring healing to my life. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of in chills right now because I'm thinking about all of what you had to endure as a young girl, mm. and God knowing that at this point in time in your life, He was going to give you redemption, mm. not only yeah. helping to redeem other people. I mean, a redeeming ministry—it's really what you have. Mm. But also, when He whispered in your ear, the Abba Project. Michelle, you're the Abba Project. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you're God's wow. project. Mm. You know, and Abba is that intimate daddy, yes. right? It's not yeah. the abstract father that you think is going oh. to be, but it's that emotive, connective, you're wow. the Abba Project. Okay, ser- do I need to pay you for therapy right <laughs> no, here? I have never gotten Mary, that download. <laughs> you know, when God just drops something in, I call it a download, but yeah. 
Yeah, I am. You are his project. project. You are his project. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Hey, Armin, I'm super excited. Our friends at Great Waters Financial, a wealth management firm based here in Minneapolis with over $300 million in assets under management. They are our sponsors for this episode. I'm so glad they are because there's two financial institutions in this world that I would ever put my name behind, and Great Waters Financial is definitely one of them. You know, I have had the opportunity, Armin, to talk to about a dozen of their clients one-on-one. And they are not just clients. They are raving fans of Great Waters Financial. And why? Because they are treated like family. They're treated like somebody that they can trust to get the job done. And Great Waters makes it very simple to understand all the retirement complexities and financial plans that you might need to make. And they do it with uh, all the latest tools but they do it with a lot of heart. That's right. These guys are setting a new standard of how this is done. So if you want to schedule a time with your future advisor, then go to www.greatwatersfinancial.com forward slash bold idea. What is it about this project that you think fuels you the most? Seeing dads change. Seeing them get it. You know, even last night I spoke at a father-daughter ball and I had a dad come up to me and say, you know, Christianity sometimes for me just isn't practical. Mm. Like I hear it, but there it is. And he said, what I love about your book is it's really practical. Mm. And I think again, God knowing me, I, I don't like theory. You know, right. I think academia is great for me, but it wasn't practical enough. So he knows that I'm a rubber meets the road girl. <laughs> and so being able to put things, and I don't say this disrespectfully to men, but kind of on a lower shelf, sure. meaning they're like, just say it to me. That's what I love about men. They're like, <laughs> just cut to the chase. Yeah. You know, low shelf, just let's just talk about it real, <laughs> which is really me. Yeah. Like God again knew that's yeah. how I'm wired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's super blunt and it's super straightforward and we connect at that level and it brings me such joy to see men go, I can do that. Hmm. I'm like, go get a felt pen. I gave these out last night, dry erase markers. I'm like, go write on the mirrors in your daughter's world, Hmm. her bedroom, her bathroom, her rear view mirror of her car. And when she looks at all the flaws in the mirror, can you imagine the impact of your words on that mirror that say, I love you, I'm proud of you. You delight me yeah. to counter that. And I had men walking out of this event last night, like patting their chest where their pen was. And they're like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And watching men have action steps to be an action figure, a hero. It brings me such joy because I'm in the background whispering going, don't tell them where you got the idea. <laughs> you get full credit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. What have you heard from the daughters? I'm just kind of curious on that. Do you hear feedback from the daughters ever? Yeah, I do. And a lot of the daughters, because the Opera Project has grown or the impact of my book has, you know, again, been across the nation. I just got to be unfocused on the family a couple months ago. So a lot of times I don't know the stories fully, but I have dads sending me every month pictures, stories of impact. And that's where I'm telling you, this is not about me because Mm. God said, write this, put it out there, but watch what I'm going to do with it. And so what I hear from daughters, often with tears pouring down their face, they'll come and go, you can't believe what my dad did. Mm. 
you know, like even in a counseling session, this Danielle, age 25, is showing me her phone where her dad put sticky notes on her mirror. Oh. And he had just read a blog I'd written for yeah. the National Center for Fathering. Oh, I get and their I, little blog things you? all the time. Yeah, See, and I knew her dad had just read it because it was the same week mm. that he did it. <laughs> sure. And she's crying. Oh, so 25 like, years old, living wow. at home, a dad might go, she doesn't need me hmm. at that age. She shows me these sticky notes that dad had written on her mirror of her bathroom, literally tears pouring down her cheeks going, he had no idea, like just this week, like, you know, that loser guy, like he, he was so mean. And my dad, like put this on my mirror. And I, you know what I said? Literally, I go, your dad is awesome. <laughs> and she, to this day, unless she listens to this podcast, does not know where dad got that idea. Oh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> Dads, I'm in the background. Go out there. Dial into your daughter's heart and, and it's going to make a forever difference. I love that. The hidden hero. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And helping dads dial into their daughter's heart. That's, yeah. that's a With wonderful. With intention and consistency. That's a wonderful mission. Now, before we depart, because I know you've written a book and we're going to have a link to all that, but just give us a couple minutes on this new venture that you're doing, which is the radio program. Yes. So how did that come up? What's scaring you about that? You know, that's another bold idea you're it stepping really, out to. It so. really is. Is You know, I've done radio interviews for my book. Never once did I think that would kind of interest me. <laughs> so I think the fun adventure with God is that he's surprising us all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think we could all disqualify ourselves with a million reasons why I don't think you have the right person. And, you know, if that person is more seasoned or skilled. But with this one, with the radio, never saw it coming. And there I was doing an interview. And about two weeks later on my local radio show, they, they said, we liked your sound, whatever that means. <laughs> and we'd like to have you consider hosting your own program. And I'm like, I didn't even write him back for like a week because I'm like, I've wanted to go into television. You know, I want a reality show because men are visual and they'll watch that. Right. How and, do they discover your sound? I may have missed that. Well, I was on an interview. Oh, gotcha. They had me on, you know, one of their programs right. around Father's Day. And then they wrote me back and I, I finally said, hmm, okay, you know, I'll, I'll come meet with you. But in my mind, I thought, I'm not going to do this hmm. because it's not really anything that's really been on my radar. And by the end of two hours in this conversation, something began to leap in my spirit. As I drove away, I thought, why am I getting excited? This isn't even what I've wanted to do. <laughs> and then again, having mentors. I know you've had Joe Bataglia on the, sure, on the yeah. program and I called him that same afternoon. I called him before and after. Uh -huh. He's like, call me afterwards. And he had some of the best wisdom. He said, Michelle, don't do anything for the next week other than have a piece of paper by your bed and a pen and mm. write down everything God tells you. Uh, well, then we'll advice. talk. Then That's we'll talk. Great advice. The next morning, met with my parents that night, talked to them, have another guy, Wayne Pettigrew. These two men, Joe and him, were coaching me. And I love that wisdom about listen to God, write it down, mm -hmm. then we'll talk. And the next morning I woke up. And you know how I told you at the beginning of our conversation today that Luke one seventeen? Yes was strategic. The whole thing started. The book, mm -hmm. the group, everything with that turning the hearts of fathers. You remember that John the Baptist was called a voice mm, of yeah. one calling out in the wilderness. Right. About a decade ago, at least, God said, I was a voice. Mm. The next morning, you know, we're in that half awake, half asleep state. I heard God say, Michelle, remember, I've called you to be a voice, mm. <laughs> not to be seen. 
but to be a voice oh, of one wow. calling out. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and the second thing he said is just this week you read in John 20, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Mm. And he said, they won't see you, but they'll believe what you say. Oh, wow. And I went, oh my goodness, talk about, I wouldn't have applied that scripture to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I began to write that down. Okay. And God said, see, this is what I want you to do. Wow. So I said, yes. And part of it was I had no idea how we would fund it. And then I heard a message on Joshua 1 that was, God told Joshua, cross the Jordan River. You've got all these people. He didn't tell them how to build it. Right. He didn't tell them how to do it. He just said, get up and go. Get so that afternoon, I wrote and said, I'm in. And I had no idea how I would pay for it or anything. And God has provided. Oh, oh that's wow. good. So that's the story, and that's here amazing. I am with wow. my own program. Go figure. There that's you go. Great story. <laughs> well, awesome. there's so much more to mine in our conversation. Maybe we'll have you on again, and you can be our first guest that comes twice. You in fact, it. you know, I was thinking as you were talking about visiting Mars, you know, Elon Musk has nothing on Michelle Watson. Right? That's right. I mean, he wants to get to Mars, but she's been there a long before, a long before Elon Musk right. has gotten to Mars. I so our listeners probably want to know a little bit more about how to find mm-hmm. you. So where's your online home yes it's drmichellewatson.com d-r-m-i-c-h-e-l-l-e watson.com <laughs> it's like you were going to sing that <laughs> <laughs> exactly and the radio voice <laughs> and on it i have free resources i'm now going to have podcasts on there i have my audio of the dad whisperer hmm. and i do it every other week dad daughter friday blog people can sign up for so awesome all right well Michelle, what a pleasure to have you on the program. And we're going to have links to all of your resources on our show notes. And just love that you are part, well, that you're here again. My joy. uh, Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's great to have you. Okay. I mean, that's my friend, Michelle Watson. (laughs) (laughs) That was so fun having you. Oh, yeah, totally. This podcast would be 10 times cooler. For us, <laughs> yeah. If we could just have every guest be here, with be us. here. Oh, absolutely. And I was. It was really neat. She was in town, and we happened to be able to get her here. I'm going to use a word though that she uses. She's the only one that I know that uses this word. So What's this that? download, right? So I got this download. So let's let's download for a minute <laughs> what we just learned from our conversation with Michelle. I just learned a ton from Michelle because as a father, I can't. I can't help but be sucked into what she's writing about. Obviously, my daughter is nowhere near the age range that she speaks to, but I can't help but look into this and process this because I I, I can see how real, how authentic she is through the process. And I think my favorite part of this is how she used pain and agony and grief and all these negative things that impacted her life as a young person to turning it and transforming it and using it as fuel to fire her ministry up and to impact the lives of so many people. And of all people in this world, God is using a woman who's never been married and doesn't have children and who was sexually abused to speak to fathers about how to interact and relate with their daughters. Right. That's just mind boggling to me. And I can't help but walk away thinking there is no pain that's so great that God can't use it for you, for him, for the kingdom, and for the people all around you. That that's the big takeaway. When you see that, you know, most pain that we deal with often just lies there and 
God is a redeeming God, and he redeems that and gave her a ministry, really, of reconciliation, of redemption, yeah. right? And uh, bringing fathers back to the hearts of their daughters and vice versa. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's a wonderful, beautiful story. It mm-hmm. really is. I love how she knew that there was something that she heard from the Lord, mm-hmm. and yet she didn't know all the details about it, and she f- was the first to say she felt as ill-equipped as anybody to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And she just she just believed and yeah. believed that God would show her the way to do it and started taking steps. We say on our our show, you know, put your faith to work. And that's what she did. She believed she heard something from God and she said, I don't know where this is going to go, but I have to put it to work. Yeah. And she started that. And she never let go either. When she decided to do radio, she went back to the exact same word that she first got about being a voice to help her choose between, all right, God, this is the ministry that you've given me. I want to do TV. I want to be on video because that's where I come alive. But she went back to that original word. She literally used the word of God in her faith to help her make a decision that said, no, I've made you to be a voice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. She never let go. No. And I think God has a promise and a voice, a word for each of us. Yeah that we are to hear as well mm. and to, to step out in. And, and just as you said, it oftentimes comes out of our, our wounding because that's the very place that God wants to say, my love is enough. Yeah, It's enough to transform you, and it's enough for you now to be that for someone else. Mm-hmm. Here's another takeaway. Good. And it doesn't actually have to do with what Michelle said. It has more to do with what you pointed out. And one of my takeaways from this is the way you listen to people. You don't just listen to what they're saying. You have this innate ability to see God in action in people's lives as they share their story with you. And you have a way of taking, it could be 10 minutes, it could be 10 hours, but you have this ability because you listen so well, not just to the person, but you listen to God in conversation and you can summarize their story in a way that just like you told her, you are Abba's project. I watched the dynamic in this room change. Hmm. Like there was an emotional and spiritual shift. You spoke a godly word to her just because of the way that you listen. And it's, it's not the first time I've seen you do that. It's not the 15th time I've seen you do that. But one of my greatest takeaways from watching you interact with people is the way that you listen. And it's not, I don't think I've seen it written in a book that talks about how to be a good listener because <laughs> there's two pieces to it. You listen to them and you listen to God. But every time you do what you do, you impact people with simple sentences. Yeah, well, I sure wish I could listen better to my family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to the team. I guess I'm joining yours. Thank you, Armin. That's very kind of you to say. I do think we had a very special moment here, and I think in many ways we're able to witness a a real deep truth that Michelle grabbed a hold of. I think we had the privilege of having kind of a sacred moment together. I'm glad we're able to share it with our listeners, and we hope that it touched you as well. Listen, we have to wrap up this episode as much as we'd like to keep it going, but we'll chat with Michelle again, I'm sure, in the future. If this show has impacted you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. Go to boldideapodcast.com slash eight. You'll get our show notes, and you'll see right at the bottom of the show notes, you'll see a comment field, 
and we'd love to hear from you. And in the show notes, of course, we'll have links to Michelle and all of the resources that she has, but we also love to just hear how did what she have to say impact you. And when you do, let us know that you did and shout out to us on social media. In fact, if you share the link to this show, Michelle has arranged for several copies of her new book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You. And these are autographed copies. And we'll get one to the first few people who are able to link to our show at boldideapodcast.com slash eight and share that out on their social network. We will get a copy of that to you. Yeah. And I'll end with this. If you are someone who is in the pit of grief or despair, or pain, or agony, or whatever it might be, I would love to hear you ask yourself the same question that Michelle kind of asked is, God, what are you going to do to turn my pain into hope and into a ministry that will forever transform not just my life, but the life of others and impact the kingdom? That's what this podcast is about. We hope you're encouraged. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com. <laughs>